Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I got my first Pool 5 card today in Marvel Snap. I'm Jay, and like it makes me really sad that I don't love Marvel Snap, and it feels like a character flaw. Especially oh, because, Especially because <laughs> it feels like I have... So this winter has been, it feels like, especially soul-crushing. Uh, <laughs> like, it's just been so cold. There's been so much snow. It's been so gray and dreary. And so Brian and I have been uh, spent a lot of time this winter uh, in bed playing uh, Might and Magic, Heroes of Might and Magic 7, hot seat on our TV with our cats surrounding us. Um, and so when Brian's doing his turn, it would be super easy for me to play a game of Marvel Snap. And it just doesn't even uh, sound appealing. Cross your mind? Oh, it doesn't yeah. sound appealing. Yeah. What do you do instead out of curiosity? Um, yeah. Well, I I just I just finished reading a nonfiction book. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Even that sounded more fun than Marvel Snap. <laughs> this is, these are dark times. Um, right. I'm Josh, and I'm not sure I'm ever gonna play a board game <laughs> until spring comes. I I kind of feel like so, Josh. I know that that you have. Um, like this this deep desire that when we we finally get to celebrate your return to board gaming that you'll want to play like some stupid game like Oath or uh, whatever the new hotness is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, maybe John, maybe John Company. Yeah, maybe John Company. And and I have a counter proposal. <laughs> okay. What if we just got together and played TI four? I mean, it's probably the right thing to do. Okay. That's that's all. That's my proposal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Josh. We'll do both. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, that's fair. There yeah. you go. There you go. The, that was the that was definitely the why not both gift. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so I mentioned that I've been playing a bunch of Heroes of Might and Magic Seven. And I've I've fallen a little bit down um an unexpected rabbit hole. So you know, this game has been unsupported by uh, Ubisoft for like seven, eight years, something like that. Okay. And, you know, the the core of the game I like quite a bit, but it was pretty buggy. Um, and so I found out that there's a community patch that fans of the, the game have done that kind of patch over a lot of those bugs that they had. Um, 
Well, recently I found out that there there's not just a community patch, there's a community mod that like adds whole new factions into the game or you know just goes like to this uh kind of crazy extent with the game that for, for like a fan created content, it just kind of blows my mind that people go to this extent creating content for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's we've been playing some of that and it's been um been pretty fun getting to get like kind of a new life to the game so it's been kind of interesting so um i'm i'm trying to think of what there is oh here's here's the big uh the big news uh at discount games inc so um star wars shatterpoint is now available for pre-sale with the first wave from discount games inc and there's there's a little bit of a funny um story associated with this so first off you know they have um they've given the product information so far so like you know pictures of the packaging the pricing on everything etc and the thing that kind of blows my mind with it is that the release of this game is five months out it's coming out well, I guess four months at this point. We're now in February. Um, and they haven't previewed, they haven't given like gameplay previews. They've, they've done, um, they've, they've shown some of the models. They've, they've talked about some of the mechanics, et cetera, but there, there hasn't been like uh, watch, watch the devs play or anything like that yet. There hasn't been a synopsis of the rules. Um, but there's been quite a few people who have been, pre-ordering this which is great i i love it, it but it, it surprises me that people are are you know pre-ordering this five months out and um and don't really know much about it yet but the other part that has been kind of an issue is that there is a um a promo item that is an a, a promo ahsoka mini and if the retailer is part of the hobby next um program then they can get that miniature and poland got that mini early and someone leaked that it was going to be out and and asmodee wasn't ready for it to be announced and so they didn't have all the information to their uh retailers to their sales reps etc and so i'm getting like all these questions you know are, are if i order from you am i going to be able to get the promo and and i asked my sales rep and he's like i don't know yet because this got you know leaked early and i don't have the info and so there's sometimes where the the miniature will I'll, i'll get like a cap of say i can get up to 20 promos and anything above beyond 20 i order isn't going to have a promo and there's sometimes where uh, every item i pro i order it will come with a promo um so I don't know yet uh, which it's going to be, but if it does end up being that I have a limited number of promos, I've I've decided that the way that I want to handle it is um, the the people Thunderdome. Yeah, Thunderdome. Uh, that that would be entertaining at least. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, what what I've decided is I've I've I currently have everything listed at. Uh, the 20% off our standard discount for Atomic Mass Games items. Um, if I do find out that I'm only going to get a limited number of promos, the people who have already pre-ordered 
Um, I'm, I'm going to contact them and I'm going to say that, you know, I, I'm getting a limited number of promos. The ones that come with a promo, I'm going to sell at the, the full retail price. And anyone who's pre-ordered early, they're going to have the first crack at upgrading their order if they want to. Um, and then try to handle the situation that way. But there, there is, I guess, some incentive to, to get your pre-order in early if in case uh, that increases your odds of, of getting a promo. But I am, I am excited to see a game that is um, wholly developed by Atomic Mass Games. That's a Star Wars game released um instead of you know one that they've kind of inherited and and tried to uh make work or whatever so that's the news from discount games inc um do do either of you have anything to cover before we dive into the main topic not outside the paywall (laughs) (laughs) okay then all right so we decided this this week we are going to grade glass onion Hooray! Hooray! Knives out, glass onion. Um, so I love that there's a knives out cinematic universe. <laughs> Just the absurdity of that delights me. I and mean, everything has to have its own cinematic universe at this point. Yeah, fair point. Um, so I'm I'm curious to I from my recollection of the first movie, I was probably the most tepid response of the three of us. And then I wouldn't even necessarily say tepid. I like I I enjoyed Knives Out. It felt like I was someone who enjoyed the movie, surrounded by a world of people who thought it was like a top ten all time movie, which I I didn't think. But is I, I guess it's because your your um, tastes are suspect. I mean, well, yes, that is <laughs> that is correct. But <laughs> I, I'm curious. Am I am I remembering this right? Did you guys have like a really really strong like of the first one or was that mainly trevor and not josh what's 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 the story quite a bit i think trevor definitely liked it the most okay um i don't know that either of us is, i was trying to find i'm looking at the old rating sheet but i can't actually find where well, we never ra- we never rated it on there oh so we didn't just, grade knives out okay no we just we've discussed it uh amongst each other and i don't know if we i'm sure we've discussed it on here but we didn't make an official yeah Okay. We didn't make it a permanent record on the internet. Yeah. But I gladly will. It is one of the best films ever made. Oh, okay. I definitely am not there. So. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that uh, you're. With My me. hyperbole is on point. Yeah. Well, yes. Um, <laughs> and so I, I did rewatch um, Knives Out before diving into Glass Onion, and I did. Uh, again, in, enjoy it quite a bit. I, maybe even, I, this was probably my third or fourth time watching it. Um, and I do think it's probably a movie that I enjoy more as I, on repeated watches. Okay. Um, but what, I guess, what was your guys' initial thoughts or impression of, of Glass Onion? So one of the things that both of these movies, the first and the second, second one, have that I think is so important for this genre of movie is the ability to know the plot rewatch it and have it be more enjoyable the second or third time than it was Mm -hmm. the first time that is not something that most modern day murder mysteries provide 
Now, I've watched the YouTube video. I think GQ interviewed Rian Johnson and had him discuss. This was when Glass Onion first came out. They had him talk about these movies. And he mentioned how he was his when he approached the first one, it was with the goal of creating a modern day Agatha Christie uh, murder mystery. And that's something that's just really gone out of um, favor. You know, modern murder mysteries are more like about forensic science. They're not they're not like this um, Sherlock style, you know, resolution to the plot. And and I think he's done such an amazing job with the way that he tells the story that, yes, they are movies that you can rewatch and see all of these details that you missed on the first viewing that you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, and then. Even on the third watch, you're seeing things that you didn't catch on the first two. So I, I just I'm I don't want to gush too much about these, but I'm probably already past that point. And it's Man, gonna be I will literally never experience the, these movies in this way. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because because rewatching movies, if it's not Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, like what's the point? <laughs> I just don't rewatch stuff. Like, you, did you never go rewatch Sixth Sense? After I you knew the ending? I did not. I know it's a character. Really? No. No. Like, I mean, there's like, there's only I, a seriously, handful it's of movies still out only there. on like two hands, the number of movies that I have ever rewatched. I understand, but these movies are intended to be rewatched. They want you to go back and find all these things that they've laid for you to find. I, oh, gosh, Josh. You <laughs> blow me away sometimes. Like, the movies that are intended to be rewatched, you're like, nah, those are the ones I won't rewatch. <laughs> so that was that was your intro, uh, Trevor. What 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 were your thoughts on uh, Glass Onion itself? Oh, um, so there was a lot of talk when this um, initially hit the um, the big screen uh, that it was potentially better than the first uh-huh. and I'm I'm not sure about that um, I'm not going to deny it but I'm, I'm gonna not... straight up disagree for the record okay that's that's fine I, I mean I'm not gonna necessarily try to defend it by any means I'm just not I'm not sure if I had to actually rank them where I would put them the truth is I've seen the first one probably I don't know, 10 times at this point. So it's a little hard for me to say, oh yeah, the second one is, is not as good because I just haven't given it that kind of attention. Um, I, in fact, I wanted to rewatch it. I haven't, I haven't rewatched the second one. I wanted to rewatch it to record this episode. And so I started it tonight. Um, I didn't finish it before we um, recorded, but I, I watched, I, Benoit Blanc was right in the middle of his explanation of how it all happened. And they were smashing glass things in <laughs> uh, when, when I had to come Spoilers. down. Spoilers. Oh, that's not a spoiler. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, I guess we should say there are going to be spoilers. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Uh, I don't know that we'll have too many spoilers, but anyway, oh. um, I, so I haven't seen it all the way through a second time. However, it, it was like, there was so many little details on the second rewatch. I'm just like, wow, how did I, how did I miss this? How did I miss this? And there really? was, Yes, there were several that I knew were there that I still missed. Um, so yeah, it's just it, it's it's one of those that I'll go back and you know I, I'll probably rewatch it two or three more times over the next couple of months easily. So I, I was very impressed with it. I I was 
I thought they caught lightning in a bottle with the first one. I thought there's no way they're going to be able to do that again. I was I was ready to be disappointed. I mean, I will say I would I wouldn't have believed that you could. How how do I I'm trying to think how I want to say this, that you could sort of recapture the magic of Benoit Blanc, honestly. Mm -hmm. That's why I like agree with your comment that it felt like it might have been lightning in a bottle. So I. I'm going to slightly disagree with what you just said, because I don't think the magic of the first one is Benoit Blanc. Okay. I, I, think, it's, I, I think it's I the mean, other characters. I mean, I, I feel it's very obvious that the magic of the first one is Chris Evans' sweater. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, if you ask me, the magic of the first one is Anna de Armas. She's fantastic. Well, it's it's her and it's the cast of characters around that that just really tell a story of that family that is just fantastic. And I'm uh, I'm not going to say that the the characters here are not great, but this is much more a Benoit Blanc show. Than, it's, yeah, it's, it's actually, yeah, it is. It's it's kind of uh, interesting to me that in the first movie, the the person you you picked as the standout. Um, of the movie was was one of the ones that um was was least noticeable to me i guess i'm not noticeable wasn't the right word but maybe significant i don't know um like basically she's the, the ensemble she's the least bombastic character yeah yeah that's what you mean like uh, the other ones are very uh strong whatever they are the is, is a little over the top yeah 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 one of my um I think that I'm I'm curious what your guys' opinion on this. I'm assuming that I'm going to get like yelled down over this opinion, but I I think that the thing I dislike the most about the first movie is the plot device of Marta throwing up whenever she tells a lie is just really stupid to me. (laughs) And like, I, I get that it like, um, makes for some clever moments in the movie is it stupider than um the mona lisa <laughs> uh, no I'm... it's not stupider than the mona lisa the mona lisa right. is annoying <laughs> Thank you. all right that's okay good that's all i needed to hear <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm curious uh do you do you feel like that's a, a bad opinion that i just gave trevor um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that opinion is bad. I wouldn't say that I agree with it, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to shut it down in any way. I mean, I understand that it's a little. It's a little cheesy, but the, the truth is, is he's not going for realistic. Sure. I mean, these are these are not realistic murder mysteries. They're they're Agatha Christie mur- style murder mysteries. Yeah. And yeah. that sort of thing fits quite well in that genre. And I. I like they're just like you're saying, Agatha Agatha Christie mystery is just like. Uh, kind of over the top. Uh, the characters are, yeah. Okay. I would. I mean, maybe not quite as much. And I'm don't 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 quote me as the Agatha Christie expert on this podcast. Cause well, I'm whoa, not. whoa, whoa! You're it. You're it on this podcast, buddy. Um, okay. Well, I uh, in high school I acted in an Agatha Christie play. I was the. Murderer. Oh, jeez! Like you got all kinds of bona fides. Yeah, that's that's my chops. I I I was in a play once. Yeah. Have, yeah. have have you watched the um two recent Kenneth Branagh? I have not. Once? No, I have not. They're, I should. Yeah, you should. Yeah, they're they're they they are pretty enjoyable. 
what one was murder on the Orient express and then there was uh death on the nile or murder on the nile yeah yeah, yeah. no i haven't i haven't seen either of them but i should yeah I, especially if they're done well i don't know how good they are but they're they're both pretty good yeah, yeah. i mean i but i'm i also like um most of kenneth Branagh's stuff i i tend to like so i might not be no. the ju- best judge i guess there's no reason I haven't seen them other than it just it hasn't happened. I think that um, at least one or two of them is on HBO right now. So okay, well I still have access to HBO. I have not canceled <laughs> it yet. For now, I, I'm starting to go through the, the 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 belt tightening the streaming services. I have too many. We all do. <laughs> I I do think that it's a little bit silly. I I don't. But I don't mind it. it. It's never bothered me. I've never thought, oh, that's it, it's never taking me out of the moment or out of the movie. I've always found it humorous, interesting. Um, it leads up to a very climactic final. Uh, so and I feel like um, interestingly, uh, and I don't even can't even think of his the character's name. Um, Edward Norton's character uh-huh. is is the is the emotional equivalent, I guess, maybe. Emotional is not the right word. The trope equivalent with his quirks in in the second one. Did did those bother you? No. I don't don't know how deep we want to get into the spoilers here. So I mean, I so I I I do think this would be an interesting time to talk about uh, Edward Norton's character. Um, He's it is. You're talking about Elon Musk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sure. And his, his so his character is Miles Braun. Um, I mean, he's a total send up of Musk. Like that's he's the, 100% he's the, what he is. Yeah, the the eclectic billionaire. That I mean, it it I did I did read an interesting quote um, from Edward Norton where he was like, you know, there's probably a lot of uh, tech billionaires who who think this movie is about <laughs> about them yes. about them, and he's like, You're and so they're probably vain. and he's like, this they're probably right. About you. <laughs> amazing but it did it like obviously when um when ryan johnson was making this movie he you know didn't know that uh elon musk was going to uh implode his fortune and twitter <laughs> right before the movie came out um so he, he got a little bit lucky on that, but on the other hand, it's also basically always topical to, uh, you know, have a movie that's kind of a takedown of billionaires. So <laughs> on that hand, I guess it, it uh, will kind of always be timely. But well, and that's what he was going for. He's yes. going for a point in time movie. So he's never avoided the the, and he said this in that like the GQ thing I, I mentioned, he, he said how, you know, I, I didn't want to avoid the political and social tropes of the day that the, these movies were released because I want them to be a, a picture frame of that particular time. Yeah. So you have the, you have the political discussions in the first one and, and the, the COVID jokes in the second one, um, you know, and, and I mean, amazingly he hit the billionaire thing, uh, as Jay already mentioned, like right before it just became really like, how could he have seen what could have happened? And, you know, I mean, it was st- obviously it wasn't that far out to make fun of billionaires in our time and day. But um, anyway, I, I just I think that it's cool. Um, 
you know, Agatha Christie plays really are set in their time as well. And yeah, there's yeah. Some, some quirks about them because of that. So you probably already know this, um, Trevor, but I'm assuming you don't, Josh. But one of the one of the things that's exciting about this. So you uh, you already mentioned, Josh, that I, I think most people had some trepidation coming into this movie with the thought that, you know what this, the original movie was really good. And like you guys said, there's, it, it just doesn't seem likely that the sequel is going to live up to it. Right. And the thing that's pretty interesting or cool about it is that Netflix, after the first movie, they approached Brian Johnson and, you know, they, they were flush with cash <laughs> and said that they would give him, $400 million to make a knives out trilogy for them. Holy cow. Okay. I'm here listening. And so this is the first of three movies that knives out movies that Ryan Johnson is making for Netflix. Oh, Oh, so we're, you're talking a trilogy after the original knives. Correct. Out. Correct. Jeez. Okay. So are they all going to weave together beautifully at the end in some way. And I don't know. I've, uh, I, I feel like now that my, my hopes are up after glass onion, that, um, the, the second movie is just going to inevitably dash my, uh, <laughs> my hopes and expectations. <laughs> so Engage but the dashing engine. that is pretty, um, cool or exciting in my opinion that we do have, um, that to look forward to. um, time to grade yeah i mean i what 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 else do you guys have to to cover with it before we get to grading if anything i want to talk actually this is a spoiler thing but i just want to talk about the fact that benoit blanc is a complete and abject failure okay go on like i despise that i can't remember the the character's name the twin lady I despise that she won by having a book in her pocket, or she lived by having a uh-huh. book in her pocket uh-huh. or whatever. That is like the tropiest trope that has ever troped a trope. <laughs> and it is, I just felt like it completely like destroyed the sort of like superhuman capabilities of Benoit Blanc, right? Because I'm like, I'm like it's, along it's like for sure. this ride and I'm like, yeah, go on. I want to hear this, this metaphor, Jay. Sure. It's like it's, Sherlock, what? Yeah, it's like Sherlock Holmes who uh, has like a critical fumble and is, you know, saved by dumb luck. Yes, yes, yes. I hate it. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. Am I am I just like out of bounds to feel that way? No, you're not out of bounds at all because it's it is the one thing that it's my one complaint about this movie okay. is is the fact that there's no bullet on the planet that would get stopped by that book. <laughs> not at that range. Mm, not, not even yes. the glass. Plate. Well, the glass, you know, it was, no, it was actually sorry. the Mona Lisa glass. So it was really thick or something. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I was super bothered by that too. I've, I'm like, you know what? This is why I love chain attack so that I can know I'm not alone <laughs> in my madness. You're not alone. <laughs> All right. So what do you do about it? Like, well, frankly, when we grade it, I'm dinging every every grade is getting a minus two because of that. 
That seems like a lot, Josh. <laughs> Trevor, do you have have anything before we head into the grades? No, that's fine. We can go in. All right. Well, Des- design. Design. Well, after my minus two, uh, this is it's a six for me. I, I I actually think the character design is a ton of fun. The plot is fun. Honestly, like I was laughing my guts out at the 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 puzzle box at the start, right? And then yeah, how yeah. The, the twin, you don't realize it's the twin at the time, just hammers the box open. Man, I don't know. I just was like, I was giggling. I thought that was hilarious. Anyway, I just think all of that is fun. Like the, the whole ridiculous over-the-top, you know, glass onion, like a lot of points. Again, it would be an eight, I also... but it's a, it's a six because of the Benoit Blanc critical <laughs> fumble. I also just, you, you were talking about parts you were laughing at. I, I also just uh, really enjoyed at the end when, like, Benoit Blanc goes on his rant about. It's how stupid! Dumb, about it's how just... dumb Elon Musk is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is a, a beautiful rant. No, yeah. no. Um, I think this is actually one of my, my higher grades with it. Um, I think that it's just a well, well-designed show, um, with a fair bit of intricacy to it. Um, so obviously I have to go higher than Josh's eight, which will get me to a nine. Ridiculous. Um, I'm, I'm a 10. I think that this is every bit as good on its overall design as the first one. The characters in the first one were what really made it great. And Somehow he's come through and done it again. Like all the characters are very memorable. They're interesting. They have all of their even the um, even like whiskey, who sort of feels like, especially initially, is just kind of like a bit player. You learn so much about her as the show goes on, and she's and and um, I can't remember the the assistant's name, um, Peg. Like they have as much interesting things about them as the main characters do. Like it's just a really it's like a master class on creating interesting characters with a lot of depth. Okay, but brief pause. What the heck happened to Daryl? Daryl. I can't remember the guy's name. The random dude that's just like wandering oh. around. So I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil that for you. You there's some information on the web about Daryl. You should go like just. Is that actually <laughs> his name? Yes. Yeah. D e r o l. D e r o l. Okay supposedly um i will give you this tidbit i believe he's going to be like a reoccurring character <laughs> okay so in the in the next in, in the trilogy you're saying yeah the, yeah the next night is out there'll be some more daryl i think it could be wrong i'm Don't following the link that. to the article entitled what is up with daryl <laughs> okay all right i i'll be honest i love um some of the other characters that we only see for a second like ethan hawk's character the assistant uh-huh, uh-huh. That is the best little like cameo. Um, I love uh his name. What's Dave Dave Bautista's Bautista's guy? His his mother is fantastic. I could watch a whole subseries just on her. Well, you <laughs> might get it in the trilogy. I hope so. Because he did die, sadly. Yeah. All right. So whatever. Trevor's a ten. Here we go. On to time management. Um. Honestly, pretty solid pacing for me. Uh, I was two engaged hours and nineteen the whole minutes. Time. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I, I feel like it's a nine, but the uh, Benoit Blanc critical fumble takes it to seven <laughs> for me. I'll, I'll go with the nine as well. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the 10, but I will agree with the critical fumble, which I will only dock one, which will take it to a nine. <laughs> the fanboyism in here is like, if you could smell the fanboyism stank, we would be a locker room at this point. My gosh. Uh, okay, on to repeatability. Well, whatever. A 10. This movie is a 10. It is. <laughs> so, this is one for me. Like, this is more repeatable than Sixth Sense. Like, you get to the end and you're like, holy crap, I got to go rewatch this. Like, this is. The whole point is to rewatch it. Well, it's funny because I feel like you actually repeat the movie in the middle of the movie. You do. And you never feel like. You never. You never feel like. Um, oh crap, why do I have to live this again? It does a right, great job right, of giving you a different right. viewpoint of all of the things that already happened. A very different viewpoint. Right. Uh, whatever. Like, the highest repeatability I ever give anything is a six, so this thing's going to a four. Where are you at, Jay? <laughs> a four. Um, I'll, I'll go with I'm going to drive to Boise right now and beat because, you up. <laughs> because of the critical fumble. <laughs> Don't beat me up. Just find a way to kill one of my bills. Trevor, that's the new way you can get Oh, back I have all back. kinds of tools to kill your bill. <laughs> sorry, what was your number, Jay? Uh, I said eight. Okay, sorry. All right, we're on to fun. Uh, honestly, I'm not even going to give the, the Benoit Blanc critical fumble <laughs> here. I'll just stick with a straight eight. It, it was a ton of fun. It was like, I'm so glad that we're grading it. I'm glad that I watched it, you know, but like there were a lot of things unexpected about it. Uh, I'll I'll go with a nine as well. Uh, we're we're grading fun. Fun. Yep. Yeah. Fun. Uh, it's a ten. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. And overall, man, now I wish we had graded knives out because I'm trying to decide if Trevor would have like outdone himself here. Uh, overall, um, gosh, the fumble bugs me so much. I'm gonna uh, go with seven. It just bugs me. I mean, you know what? If if by the third movie in the trilogy we find out that it was all part of Benoit Blanc's master plan, you know, then I'll, maybe I'll be okay with it then. I'm a seven on overall. Jay? Uh, I'll go with nine again. And Trevor's still a 10? Yeah. Let us briefly discuss audience at this point then. I feel like some caution must be taken, mainly because these people are... <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, and they're in their hoe phase. They're all deeply <laughs> in their hoe phase, man. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and go, no, go. Yes, it's a go for me, even with the critical fumble. Uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And Trevor, it's a, it's a double go, right? I get it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd triple go. All the goes. All right. All right. So Josh, you're, you're not going to have heard of this and you're, you're not going to watch it cause you're too busy, uh, ruling over Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Without well, a flaw. Yes. Um, so, Trevor. Yes. Have you have you heard of the show Poker Face? Heard of? Yeah, probably. What is your interest level in it? I don't know. Okay. So, as some, I guess, some uh, background on it. Um, it is a 10-episode series that is created by Ryan Johnson. It just started. Um, it is um, starring Natasha Leone. I don't know who that is. Should I? 
Um, let me think of what else. You, I miss. Did you watch Russian Doll? No. Orange is the New Black. No. Um, yeah, you would probably. I'm. I feel pretty confident that you would recognize her face, um, but probably don't know her name. Anyways, she's she's fairly famous, but. Um, and it is instead of instead of um, it is a mystery show, but instead of being like an Agatha Christie um, style mystery, it's more of a not not exactly like Murder She Wrote, but like in the style of an episodic. Um, each each episode is a self-contained mystery, like there used to be on TV in the 80s or you know whatever growing up. And so um, it's him making another show in, in another genre, but it is another mystery. Um, the downside with it is that it is, um, you have to watch it on either NBC or Peacock or pirate it. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> and I'm gone. <laughs> Good feeling gone. <laughs> so anyways for people who are um i haven't i haven't watched it yet i probably will here sometime fairly soon but if you've liked the knives out movies maybe give poker face uh a try um you guys have anything else to go over before we sign off okay good talk <laughs> uh so i guess uh let us know what you guys thought of uh of glass onion and uh let us know all the the things that we got wrong with our bad opinions about the show 